Do you enjoy the... I, I once had this thing, um, I described it as like the microphone effect. Essentially, when I would sit behind the microphone, the moment I saw it in front of my mouth, I would sort of switch into a different character. It almost feels like you're, you're escaping the real world and you, you're entering this weird... Yes. Oh, absolutely. I 100%. Like, it, it's... Um, I've been watching your videos uh, on YouTube about, you know, creating characters like your it's the it's a Jim Carrey theory you know mm -hmm. if you if you've like been watching what he's going through it's like who am i really like uh, <laughs> it's, it's that'd be a good topic of conversation right there yeah uh, i mean jim carrey's got that wasn't it that one show he showed up to and he was like oh i'm just here because i wanted to find the most meaningless place to be and i just showed yeah. up and like <laughs> the, the interview is really confused she's like why what's yeah, he saying oh, this jim jim carrey's crazy but actually he's the most not crazy person yeah yeah <laughs> it's just unfortunately now his level of self-aware has just exceeded most people uh, who will ever get to that stage it's the same with most sort of like uh you know intelligent beings that I think they just their their thoughts go further out than their own realm, you know, and it, and then it just becomes a, a horrendous place to be. Yeah, especially if you're like cameras shoved in your face all the time and you're seeing yourself, you know, broadcast to hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, shit, like I I did this. Uh, Ace Ventura movie, and now the past 20 years has been, you know, putting on this character <laughs> until, <laughs> until I have no idea who the fuck I'm actually supposed to be now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, dude. I it's, think about it quite a lot. It is the curse of actors. I mean, you know, like the, um, I don't even know his name, just Stifler. Like, he's always going to be Stifler. It's. Yeah, you know, you get typecast, you know? Yeah. Um, and then a bit, a bit of Stifler probably, like, overlapped into his like real life persona mm -hmm. so it's, it's tough dude yeah i would assume that most of the most of the roles he's ever going to get are going to be sort of in that in that direction you know like you have certain actors that always play bad guys and it's gonna be yeah weird. what's his name that plays anton chigurh in no country for all men oh the um i was gonna say anthony bourdain for a second um <laughs> it's got a similar name um god um i'm gonna have to google it it's, I don't it's know similar to anthony bourdain but it's not it's no i know the title i mean the, the, the guy's name was shigur in the um in the movie yeah and he's, god, he's married to he? penelope cruz what's his name javier bardem ah, yes javier bardem well, that movie is spectacular. I mean, No Country for Old Men. Oh, brilliant, dude. There's like very minimal dialogue. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's one of the movies of all time, mm. <laughs> as the kids say now. Yeah. I've already started, by the way, just because I, I, I just felt we got into the groove and um, I wanted to be a bit more spontaneous. <laughs> you know, I hate the whole, the, the forceful aspect of it, you know, because like you talk to a person, yeah. like, yeah, we're going to start this and this hour. It's like, no, nah, you just let it flow, let it be. and makes it way I get you, I get you. Yeah, man, now, you, now I've got that image in my head from the um, No Country for Old Man, you know, the 
standstill scene with the the canister of of air. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> what is it they call it? Um, the bolt gun. Yeah, for for cattle and pigs and stuff. Yeah. Jesus. It's, yeah, uh... it's really really clever writing. Yeah, he's a really terrifying character. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've met killers in real life, and then they're, they're not dissimilar. You know, like these people are just. Wait, wait, no wait. You, you've met killers in real life. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask a bit more about that. So I've actually never thought about it because I don't <laughs> think I've ever. Actually, no, that's not true. I did meet a, a killer. I'll tell you the story afterwards, but I, I, I want to hear it from you first. Yeah, like um, as well soldiers, and there's there's differences, definitely between your general sort of infantrymen, mm-hmm. who are like. You know, they still experience life kind of similar to ours, you know, when they're doing what they're doing. But then you've got the guys who, like, it's all they can really think about, right? And when they walk in the room, it's like almost like their life's getting sucked out. And everything's so direct to the point where they get annoyed when there's like small talk or something in their way. They're already like five steps ahead, you know. They've looked at the fire escapes and who's <laughs> a threat to them. It's is is so strange uh, being around them. But uh, as as one of my friends explained, the the guy who I was with, I won't name anybody, of course. Um, we're at a buffet, and there's just this really big dude, just steely eyed, looks at you that way, where. It's like they're not looking at you or through you. They're like reading you on a level that I don't think they understand themselves to, you know? And what they're explaining is when they get in a fight and, you know, everything's kicking off, it's them they hand the ammunition to, you know? They're not the ones doing the killing. It's that guy. Mm. That sort of thing, yeah. Um. So... It's really, it's really weird. Very similar to Anton Chigurh. I don't know if it's like a, like a mental state they've put themselves in to cope, or it's just how they are. You know, yeah. Like that's just the way that they, the, the genetic material brought them up to be. Like, hey, I, I, uh, you know, I kill people for a living. <laughs> like that's just, it's, it's crazy. Where do you put those people in society, right? Yeah, it's uh, prison, mental ward, war is your three answers, Basically, really. Yeah, yeah, terrifying. It's just a a different story because you get you get killers who are like you know your gangster types, mm-hmm. and they, they they like glow about it like it's an ego thing, but to these guys it's not. Um, and that's really scary. Like hell, mend you if you inconvenience them in some way. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the only guy that I met was was actually a, a co-worker for three days, I think, and it was the weirdest thing ever. I was working in this um, this burger joint, essentially, and a new guy came in, you know, and he looked very philosophical. He sort of, you know, had like uh, longer hair, a little bit, a little bit, you know, already in the grey, and he was he he had some weird energy about him for sure because. The way he would observe the work we were doing was like he was standing behind you, just you know, overlooking your yeah. shoulder, just being creepy. Um, but then, you know, the first day when we when we finished, 
we went to go sit outside. We have a, a pint of beer. We're chatting. And I'm like, this guy is really fun to talk to. I don't know why, but it was something about him made the discussion just flow. And we do it the first day and we get pissed drunk. And we do it the second day and we get pissed drunk. And the third day we're sitting there having this conversation. And he was he was taking it into a different direction. I was feeling a little bit confused. First, he was really talking about women. And then he was talking about like houses. And then he said, like, I don't even need this job technically. And I was like really confused by all it. And and he, I think he was asking me what my boss thought of him, you know, sort of like getting behind the behind the the, the backbone of the company and figure out if there was like if he was going to stay or not, if we liked him. And I was honest to him because he looked like an honest person. Turns out he, I think he might be a bit of a pathological liar. But I said, <laughs> look, you know, my boss sort of you know Googled you and he found some dude who was um, arrested on on charges of of I think drugs or whatever, right? And before I could finish the sentence, he was like, yeah, 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 you know, I have this this unlucky situation where, you know, there's somebody with the same name that, that you know, sold some drugs. Um, but I killed somebody. And he just says it like that, like completely, you know, like it's nothing. And I'm standing, you know, I take a sip and I look at him and I'm like, I'm still processing. I'm like, uh, wait, wait, uh, you, you what? He's like, yeah, you know, I just killed somebody. Like it was self-defense. And he starts elaborating a little bit more. And it was supposedly like a woman he was dating. He got into an argument with and he was a bit drunk. And then she supposedly tried to stab him and he stabbed her back. And it was one of those cases where, you know, you do some research and it's like the woman was stabbed in the back like five, seven times, which doesn't sound like self-defense to me, but obviously I wasn't there. No, definitely not, yeah. And after that, he was like, you know, do you want to go to this this other bar and, you know, have a drink there? And I was like, I'm kind of kind of going to go home, you know, I'm not... (laughs) Not feeling that comfortable <laughs> hanging out with you anymore, but it's it's weird because but I, I did still he, did he though? Hmm? Did he do that? He did. Is there yeah. any way to yeah, confirm he, it? He, he did. did yeah. Because there was um, when they were talking about his former jobs, he said right. that he worked in a really big kitchen for like a thousand people, which was the prison cafeteria, which completely makes sense, right? And he sold it in a very very smart way. But um, I don't know how many years he did. Um, but to me, you know, something creeped me out about him. Even though I think I'd still love to sit down and have a conversation. I think that part of him was really interesting. But I can't look past the, and you know, because he said it. And I kept thinking, you know, what if I get into an argument with him? I say something bad. You know, next thing you know, you could be the one getting stabbed in the back. So I sort of yeah, just distanced myself from him. I've got a good analogy of the, the characters that I have met is... Um, there's a video online of a guy who takes a wolf to a dog park. Oh my god! And the dogs in the dog park just know, right? Yeah. It's like, like holy shit, that's that's a wolf, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and these these guys I'm talking about are just similar, right? The this guy, the guy I was talking about in the buffet is a bit of an exemption because he is a big guy, you know, huge mm-hmm. sausage fingers, like uh, muscles on the side of their head. And, you know, that that's obviously like a physical trait, right? But I'm not talking about the physical trait. I'm talking about the, the ambience of the entire room changing. It's like, hey, that guy just walked in and I feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of similar to like the dog seeing a wolf, yeah. you know, walking in the dog park. Like, yeah like that guy is a person you should not be in the room with it's time to leave now you know (laughs) like it's crazy 
there's there's people who give off auras, you know, that but that type of aura is pretty pretty scary. Yeah, I mean, because the, the the first thing I noticed was with some people, you get that. This is more, I think, of a work environment thing where the, there's that one coworker that when he or she enters the the room or the business or the office, like everybody around you just goes, ah, oh, this motherfucker again, you know. But that's a different kind of aura. I think that's just being a, a dick. Right. Yeah, but the aura that, that you're talking about is is this. There's something eerie about these people. Like they just like yeah, if you were left really in the room with them, you'd be like, I need to get out of here by all means necessary. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. There's just some instinct about you. It's just like, yeah, that's not right. And I've gone through my whole life without having that. This is this must be like you know, seven eight years ago now, like in my previous job. And you're just like, yeah, that this is the first time I felt this way. Like with somebody here it's just like this is a a unique experience and like like actually scary yeah. like you know yeah and like you know having to ask my other friend um who's you, you know they're they're in the they're in this, this the same regiment and even they're like yeah that's such and such this is done. <laughs> have to accept it, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh. this is the guy who keeps us alive, you know, when when terrible things happen. Yes, yeah, no. It's scary to think. I mean, they're, but there are crazy people roaming the world. So, you have to yeah. like also like some women will have just those like legit crazy eyes, and you like you can you can tell it from a mile away. And then you see a friend of yours like he's talking to her and he's flirting, and you're just like, dude, just don't, just get out of there, like run. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah, it's weird. You have you have instincts for for things, right? Yeah. Um, whether you know it or not, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty cool thing. But you know, it's, it's it's hard to understand unless you're like Jordan Peterson times a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think ultimately your gut will tell you. Your gut really tells you so much about yeah. things, but we we often yep. don't listen to it. We sort of disregard it, and we try to think with you know one of our two heads or our heart or whatever, and then we get into serious trouble you, know, yep. you think oh why didn't i just just go with the gut i have this problem now with impulses where i'm like i know this is a this is a stupid idea but you know also cool stories to tell right <laughs> Do, doing the wrong thing uh yeah i've done it all my life basically it's starting to slow down now you know but you know it's plenty of stories so some people are like, oh that's that's bullshit you know like there's no way you've done that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I did. <laughs> no, I think those are the stories that, like, they they make you interesting. You know, I had a friend the other day who, he was like, I'm going to go hitchhike to Poland and back. You know, and it was it was a very simple trip, you know, two or three days that it took him. Yeah. But the amount of story value that you get from that, you know, I think it outweighs the, the perhaps the suffering or those moments where he was on the on the you know gas station waiting for some trucker who's going to pick him up you know hoping he's not going to get chopped up into bits and thrown into a or trash worse. bag because yeah. <laughs> because worse can't happen <laughs> and that's that's the scary part about that yeah yeah some people don't have those inhibitors you know mm-hmm. to do that and then you've got people like your friend who maybe will keep doing that yeah. and eventually get too comfortable you know uh but like you said they they, they it makes for good stories like that's some people are just a bit more extreme than others mm-hmm. people get too comfortable sitting down you know at their computers playing yeah. games and uh they forget that you know 100 years ago 200 years ago not that long ago as this was normal behavior right yeah it's, it's just yeah. how it's the way the world was 
I think we were missing some of that, like, I want to say idiotic spontaneity, where it's just like, I just want to go and do something, you know? Yeah. Because I remember I was was driving back home from Vienna on Monday, actually, and I was thinking, God, wouldn't it be nice to, like, say every year I'll visit one or two capitals where I haven't been yet, just to see what the world is like there, and then compare it, and then you can also wrap your head around where do you actually want to live? You know, is it where you are currently living? Is it maybe some other country, maybe a different town, maybe a different culture, ethnicities, you know? Because um, if you just sit here and stay here, then I think you're, you're wasting the opportunity. Because we do have this wonderful planet and all the transport options which weren't available back then. You know. Yeah. Because I, I oh, mean, yeah. to, well, today hitchhiking more freedom so, than we ever had, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. I think that the ideal kind of lifestyle for like a young person would be like if, if you had the money, which most people don't now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is to have uh, a small place where it's kind of your base of operations you know and you can be like right okay anytime I can come back to this place and you know recuperate myself and decide what I'm going to do next um, you know I, I couldn't just take a backpack and go hey I'm going to go around the world mm-hmm. um, and just be like I can make enough income and you know explore the planet but if you have somewhere to go right okay I run out of funds now let's come back to you know where I am now or where you are now and be like, right, okay, let's recuperate funds and decide what I'm going to do next. Um, That's the way most people should be really like in this day and age, but it is hard to do. Like it is hard to do to own a property and explore at the same time. But I mean, there's also this, you know, influx of, you know, constantly just investing in this. And I feel like we often forget about investing in ourselves where we feel like, you know, I'll talk to people and they'll say, you know, I'll skimp out on a high quality meal because I want to save some money. But in that, in, in doing that, they're actually not investing in themselves, which, you know, at the end of the day, you only have one body. You're only going to live, yeah. <laughs> you know, those 80 years or so. So wouldn't it be in your you know best interest to first take care of the, the temple, as they call it, and then everything else will follow? Yeah, you're, you're uh, what what is it? So, someone... Someone said something that brought me to. You basically have a meat mech suit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, your brain is just a pilot um, of this weird, like honestly, it's just, it, we're so bizarre. Like, <laughs> you know, th- this always this always happens on every podcast or every stream. Um, like, if you just look at yourself and you think, "Oh, cool," you know, we're designed really well, and <laughs> um, but you look at your scrotum. And you're just like, what the fuck is that? And you're reminded that you're just a sack of meat. Like your whole body is just oh this machine, like made out of giblets. So yeah, that that it always wraps around to you know the scrotum for me. That reminds every, every, me that is that a, something that you you do in public? public? Like you you'll sit somewhere on a bench and there's people just think, oh, everybody just a giant walking scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah like you know men have scrotums and females have weird labias <laughs> and that's where you kind of like start right you're just like like what is this uh, like what what am i living in what a weird fucking <laughs> construct to just be strutting about with a scrotum between your legs yeah uh, i i uh, i'm jealous of anyone who who doesn't have one and can still function because it's the weirdest thing to have attached between your legs <laughs> Hideous. I mean, and it gets worse as years goes on too. <laughs> it doesn't get better. <laughs> you know, like 
yeah, you gotta you gotta look after it. <laughs> and the rest of your body is no different. It's the oh. most vulnerable part of you, right? I mean, realistically speaking, yeah. And and the pain of getting smashed in the ballsack is something very unique. And I I usually why I don't know why is it like that? I think it's hey, for oh, yeah. I think it's for curing temporal depression. Like, because I I said to myself, I said every time, you know, because you have so many people nowadays that are you know just feeling depressed in the moment, and then they'll come yeah. to you and they'll whine about their problems. I keep thinking like. I just want to smack you in the balls as hard as I can because for the next 15 minutes, you're going to have zero depression. You're just going to be in misery because you you're thinking of anything else. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, why did it? I don't understand. Like, is it just like a, is it by design that, hey, you're hitting the, you're hitting the fucking testicles and then you're just, it's the most excruciating pain because it doesn't just hurt your balls. It like, it hurts your back. Yeah. Like, it, it hurts your internal organs. You feel sick. Like, it is crazy. Like, your eyes water. My nose goes running through. Like, you know, you dry gag. It's just, why? Why does it need to be that painful? It is. I mean, have you seen those clips of, of like, a lion biting a, you know, an antelope or a hippo in the ball sack? And I just can't help but feel, like, how horrible has the pain, you know? And and to know you're probably also going to die the next couple of minutes. Yeah, you just bleed to death from it. Because, you know, it's just a sack of skin hanging off. It's very vascular. And that's that's why I, like, that's why I brought it up, right? Like, it, it's the most vulnerable part of you. It's the most hideous-looking part of most people. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's just a weird thing. It's like a constant reminder that you're just a weird blob of meat and blood and bones. It's just... Bizarre. Yeah. And I think the what is statistical chance of us existing is close to zero. So essentially all of us it, are... it basically it may as well be zero, right? Yeah. May as well be zero. Yes. Uh, you you can't really think about that sort of thing because uh your brain just isn't equipped to understand the mathematics yeah. of that, right? It's like uh, you you being here is impossible. Mm. Somehow you are, right? your personality or whoever you are uh, exists at all but i think this exact like realization makes life so much more beautiful like it really makes me want to live it out to its fullest as opposed to you know it's you know we had to say every obstacle is actually an opportunity disguising itself you know it's like yeah because we constantly have these things and then we we feel like Oh, but I wish I had that. But I wish I was like this. But I wish my scrotum wasn't like that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> reality is, you should be happy. You have a scrotum to go with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's there, right? And it's annoying to have, but you know, it, it existed there for a reason. For the same reason that the rest of you here. Yeah. You know, I'm not dissing the scrotum. You know, my my gamer handle is oddboss for a reason. Like it, it is. <laughs> It's there and it's here to stay, hopefully, for the rest of my existence. Um, as ugly as it is and as <laughs> inconvenient as it can be at times. Uh, yeah. Uh, Balzac, meaning a life, is your scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you take anything away from this podcast, <laughs> it's the scrotum <laughs> talk. Just remember your scrotum or your genitals, <laughs> whichever genitals you were born with or want to have. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. 
and don't think females are getting away with it too because the the vulva labia is hideous also <laughs> and, and in a in a in an erotic aroused situation that's different but if you're just looking at one what the fuck is that i think by itself we're both yeah both sexes I, are massively disgusting in their own way yeah what what is that yeah makes you wonder what aliens are actually going to look like once we do figure yeah, out I don't, I don't, will they look any different from you know humans like really are we do we all take a humanoid form hmm. yeah it's, and uh, yeah that'd be interesting to to see hopefully in my lifetime yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we're talking like billions of years right um but anyway yeah Will they just be a blob? I mean, they'll have their own scrotum of choice, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, because the the reproductive organ thing is part of the whole, like, evolution, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll look different, but have the same ball sack. (laughs) Oh my God, maybe they'll copy it from us. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, speaking of, speaking of scrotums and and ball sacks, um, I had to, to touch up on Gaijin here because you know they've, right. <laughs> they're my favourite scrotum of choice. Um, generally speaking, on the podcast, I don't I don't talk about Wolf and the Merch or, or the game creation, but obviously I have to touch onto it because you're a content creator. You yeah. um, operated in the same sphere as I did. Um, so at the moment, you still play the game. Obviously, you do. Why do you do? What do you find enjoyable? So I haven't for the past three four weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been, you know, I've been sad and I just haven't been like creatively in the right space. But when I, when I, when I do play War Thunder, um, it is for a creative outlet. So it's not the type of game that, you know, I would play to have fun, uh, anymore. Used to be, um, and I don't know whether that's in part of, you know, how the game is or, um, you know whether i'm just burnt out on it specifically but a lot of people might take this away as oh you know you don't enjoy the game and you're just making videos um for whatever reason but i do i do like the process of telling uh stories through the means of war thunder uh, and I, I do i really enjoy it obviously do have you like you know hundreds of videos on it now um but yeah like that is it's it's a it's a way for me to like you know get an outlet to um feed the the beast in me that likes to make stuff mm-hmm. you know if you will and it's easy to do because you've got you know all these different vehicles all laid out you can go right i'm gonna pick that one on the screen right there and i'm gonna make a story about this thing yeah. it's, it's pretty simple it's inexpensive for me which is a plus <laughs> and uh you know it's also inexpensive like uh like as a catalyst pick something to go hey you know oh here's the panther g let's do something on this guy so yeah and then the expensive part is the time that's invested in doing it uh, and it makes me feel good when i get a video out mm-hmm. it's a happy time yeah I fully but understand the game you. the game itself uh is a absolute disaster. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, they're now. From what I've heard, they've 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 made a lot of promises to 
you know, correct the game over the course of the next six months or so. Um, do you think there's yeah. any truth to that? Is it more of this, you know, band-aiding or is it empty promises? So, um, let, let's address the Gaijin fixing things for a start, right? The economy, et cetera. Um, they broke it in the first place um, and it seemed like a deliberate move, uh, a cash grab to kind of squeeze the players as much as they could before they pushed back, right? It's quite a common business tactic. Um, even, you know, like let's take Starbucks, for example, right? Um, when I was growing up, Starbucks coffee was like uh, two pounds, which was extremely expensive here in Scotland. Now it's six. And it's got to the point where now people are like, oh, hey, that's way, that's way too expensive. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, now it's only five. And people are like, oh, wow. And it's like, <laughs> it's a fucking cup of coffee. It's been five quid for a Starbucks. Like, that, that is so much money. Um, but uh, it seems like Gaijin's using the same method. They just keep strangling the customer base till they go, right, okay, we're, we're still making money. We're still making money. Everyone's calm enough where it's fine. And then it gets to the threshold where it's like, you know, they actually start to choke the customer base out. Mm -hmm. And then they start falling back a little bit on how much money they're making. They're like, okay, we need to ease off, you know, just, you know, start, start, um, start opening the tap again to give the, the oxygen flow back to the mm -hmm. player base. Um, and I think a lot of people can't really see that, which is fair enough because War Thunder is supposed to be a game is for people to be entertained. Um, the theme is obviously military vehicles and it's a very niche product um, in, in terms of gaming, for sure. And the people who do play are extremely passionate. This is the one thing like I don't think people realize when people are into stuff like history, like specifically, especially when it comes to military vehicles, the, I mean, I grew up with it, like air shows and stuff like that, right? Where you're like, wow, jets. It's the, it's Gaijin's like, I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it's by accident, but they found the most difficult <laughs> bunch of people to appease possible, but also the people who are willing to invest their time and money into something like this. Um, and I think Gaijin really understands that or their bean counters over at Gaijin Entertainment really understand that and they'll do whatever they can to milk as much money out of people as they possibly could. So it's basically a mobile game like platform now, right? Yeah. Like I, their, I, their I think, the, model. I think that the, the, the biggest downfall is actually because, you know, it's a historical game. It's based around actual things that happened because if this was like League of Legends style game where everything is just made up, I think people yeah. people would just wouldn't care because there's another thing they can jump to that's kind of similar but maybe a little bit different. But with War yeah. Thunder, you know, there's nothing that really hits the spot because you know the, the war gaming games they're not realistic enough for us. And then you just sort of you have DCS on the other side, but there's nothing in between. There's nothing to compare them to. And so, like yeah. I said, you know, the players that that are here, they're, they're difficult customers, but they're also the ones, yeah, willing to to invest yeah. their life essentially into it what one of the things like i like to point out is um when i play war thunder i don't really care about the historical um parts of like warfare like you know i i care about world war ii and what people went through and stuff and you know i care about the history there but from a war perspective i i hate war like <laughs> <laughs> i'd much rather these things didn't need to exist but i don't see 
worth and there is some sort of role play game and i think a lot of players do um mm. which is a little bit concerning um but to me you know whenever i see uh abrams or a leopard or you know a tiger or a sherman a I see it in the game. I don't see it any other way. Um, I think it's cool that the setting's sort of realistic, but from a historical realism point of view, you know, everything being like for like um, in a game, realism doesn't make games fun. Yes. Never has. And if you look at games like simulator games and stuff like that, they have very, very niche, very low player accounts. Um, and they're not fun to play for most people and especially not me i hate simulators like at dcs for example like i just want to turn my computer on and get in the plane and you know for i want it to look realistic mm -hmm. right in terms of i want i want the inputs to feel like you know i'm making a difference you know to whatever vehicle as i'm flying or driving um but I don't want to be hitting all the right switches, you know, making sure my fuel mixture's right, uh, making sure my radiator's at the right position, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the altitude of my plane. I don't care, you know. I, I don't care if if it was, it would be entirely different because you know I, I race cars, right? Um, but see, when I'm playing a racing game, I don't want to be doing all the things I'm mm -hmm. doing in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sitting down in a in a gaming chair, like I, I'm I'm not. I'm not there to be like, you know, checking my fuel mixture, putting my dipstick in to make sure my oil's the right viscosity yes. and it's not overheating. I, I don't want to deal with that. You know, I, it's the same way I don't want to deal with it in War Thunder. Like, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. Completely how much makes sense. a Tiger has. You know, I don't care about the muzzle velocity mm. of my M3 75mm. The only reason I know these terms for vehicles is because I play War Thunder and it, you need to understand it. You need to have an encyclopedic knowledge of the vehicles in War Thunder to do well in War Thunder. And the only reason I want to do well in War Thunder is because I want to take 10% of my brain power to play the game. 90% of my brain power to tell a story and I think people will be a lot happier if the game looked realistic but it still had the arcade elements that it does have and it just went as hidden and uh, you know because let's let's be honest right people make fun of World of Tanks for health bars right mm -hmm. but War Thunder has health bars you just don't see them you see them sometimes with modules and your crew when they turn different shades of gummy bear until they're eventually black and dead or unconscious. <laughs> um, but you don't see the health bars for other things that that are behind the scenes. Um, so because you don't see the health bars, the game looks more realistic to you, and that's great. Um, but you need to remember it is <laughs> the game is full of health bars. More health bars than World of the Tanks has. That's for damn sure. And when you start talking about or oh, this APHE round has this cone of, you know, fragmentation because, you know, such and such did a simulation of it. Um, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make the game more fun. Yeah. It, if, a, if a Russian 85mm pins the side of your King Tiger and it explodes your whole crew, it can be frustrating, right? But it's all part of a balance of, you know, in the game. If it took you six shots to kill a King Tiger, you'd be pissed off. Like it wouldn't be fun. 
Yeah. So if you can get the one shot off in the right place, that's where the dopamine comes from, right? Mm. That that's how games work. Headshots in CS:GO, um, you know, everything has some sort of like feedback to be like, hey, you did a good thing with skill, and you will be rewarded for it. And War Thunder used to be no different, yeah. but now it is. Because now you have planes that have you press two buttons on your keyboard and the thing in front of you dies and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that yeah. was, I think the frustration that was coming from both and the players back in my day was always a, a skill issue. You know, whenever somebody got shot by a, by a MiG who just, you know, one tapped from two kilometers away in a head on attack or if it was a rocket that somebody fired and it's, they were annoyed by the fact that it could be done but that they couldn't do it regularly. That was my... Yeah, and that, that's where the origin of skill issue comes from, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think people grew up in a different generation of games because when I grew up, it was um, Counter-Strike was the big thing, Counter-Strike 1.6. I played way beyond there, right, when it, when it was first the mod. But you had to be good at the game to be good at the game. The game wouldn't play it for you, mm -hmm. right? And that was the fun is um, having to learn. Some people just don't have the fine motor skills or the the brain to kind of figure out everything else that's going on round about them within the game. Uh, and that's fine. That that particular game, Counter-Strike, at a competitive level isn't for you. And that's okay. Like, I don't know why you would be upset at that, mm -hmm. right? But when it comes to War Thunder, when, when you... Back when I used to watch you before I played War Thunder, I watched you, Slick, and Fly. You, you all have different mentalities, right? Fly is uh, funny, haha. -ha. War Thunder, enjoyable. Um, that's the level that he plays at, right? He didn't want to be a professional player. He just enjoyed it. Then you've got um, yourself and Slick, who I would say are similar, right? Where you, you're playing, you want to play a very high skill level, right? Mm -hmm as high as you can possibly push yourself it's a competitive thing right where you get enjoyment about the learning process in order to get to that level and that's where that's where you two guys are at that that's how i see it am i correct at least even a little bit yeah yeah i viewed it as like either you're an entertainer or you're an educator or trying to be and yeah and so if like for me and slick it's that state where you're like i cannot enjoy the game if i don't also show people how to play it right so that was sort of you know in the in the back of the brain always if i can tell people how to play better then the game becomes better then we have less overall that's issues yeah the, the, the disparity between a bad player and a really good player it, it becomes less and less yes. right yes you, you can't and the really good players can get even better if the disparity between the worst players and them is so big Correct. Yeah. Um, it's the same. I have noticed though over the past couple of years, War Thunder is harder to play in areas where you know fire and forget missiles, etc., haven't been introduced. Um, because the player base is getting better, but the the player base at the bottom rung is significantly worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, how do you get lobbies full of these people who are who are bad? So like, first off, those people are just playing the game and even though they die three times in a row and don't get a kill, they just enjoyed driving a tank about. And that's okay. You you have to understand, you know, that some people are just like that. 
they they drove about in a tiger in a virtual mm -hmm. world and they were like hey it's a tiger tiger this is sick right that you can't get angry at those people that's all they wanted to do and and then you've got the players who you know try really hard but they don't read into how to get better and mm -hmm. they get frustrated because they get killed like by players like myself yourself and you know professional players and uh it's either the game's fault or it's your fault for being a sweaty tryhard. <laughs> but they won't invest their their time into going right. Okay, maybe as me, I yeah. should just go and yeah. I should get better at something. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a big mixing pot. But with War Thunder, it's even more difficult because I introduced a good friend of mine called Duno to play War Thunder, uh, and it, it was it was an experiment um, where I've made him load up the game. He looks at the UI. The UI is a fucking nightmare. It is incomprehensible. There's no real guide of where you should be going, what you should be doing, even how to like set a lineup. There's there's nothing. Never has been. No tutorial. Yeah. Never yeah. has been. And then your crew skills, how important they are mm -hmm. to your success and the enjoyment of the game. Crew skills are the biggest pay the win the biggest game mechanic that makes uh you know outside of your own skill that make a difference to how you perform in a match um and it's never explained uh which is really unfortunate uh and he was just completely overwhelmed and when he's playing he's he was a professional csgo player he says to me you know how games some games are easy to learn difficult to master and some games are difficult to learn but easy to master he said this game is the two worst end of the spectrums it's <laughs> difficult to learn and it's difficult to master yes and there's no tutorial that guides you an offer mm -hmm. to explain that to you and that's the worst part yeah. of the game and i think that's partially because the people who were creating war from the videos for their official channel the people who were making the tutorials they didn't really play the game and it's it's impossible yeah. for that person to know what they're doing because they're not investing yep. the time. And it was the same with their moderators. And, you know, almost everybody I've ever spoken to is either they were, you know, completely covered up in actual work, which means they don't have the time to play the game because there's some weird, maybe I had a childish perspective. You know, I thought, oh, if you're playing, if you're working for Gaijin, that means you, your eight hours of work is actually playing the game. It's like, no, it's doing all the boring administrative things, you know, reading the forum threads and writing emails and crap like that. And, the last thing you want to do when you come home is play fucking War Thunder. So they don't know anything about the game. You know, they play maybe two matches oh. a, a month and that's enough for them. And that person can never give you a good tutorial. Never. I can't give a good tutorial for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think I'm worthy to make a good tutorial um, that's kind of captivates you and like leads you in, in the right path in an entertaining way. But the second part is a tutorial that I make, I would make for a player like me, and that doesn't fit 90% of the player base. I've been playing games for well over 30 years, and it's the stuff that you do subconsciously, the information that you process, that you cannot give a tutorial for. It's impossible. And if you tried to play like uh, I do, or you do, or Slick does, or even Fly does, you'll fall flat on your face. It'll be even worse. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to explain to people like what I mean. My eye is constantly watching the mini map 
to the point where I don't even realize I'm doing it anymore. Mm. You know, you've got all these sound cues that we wait on. Um, you've got all the reload times of all the vehicles that shoot at you. Oh, T-34, he's six and a half seconds if he's aced. So I've got round about eight and six and a half seconds. But I don't think about that. That's yeah. not in the forefront of my mind. It's way back here now. Mm. And you cannot teach that. Like, it's impossible. It, the tutorial would be four days long, literally. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and it would be of no help to anyone. N to no one. So, but it's not, like you said, it's not our job. Um, it, and it's, it's difficult. Someone would need to get to the stage of being a good player before any of the knowledge I gave them is any use. Um, and it's it's frustrating for me too mm -hmm. and it's probably frustrating for people to hear it as well but it's the truth is and i can't go back to playing basic like levels of like let, let's give an example right so it's easier for someone to learn um if you were to do a close air support tutorial mm -hmm. on say um let's pick something that's like you know a, a good mid-round uh the 109 f4 mm -hmm. Like, how would you approach that? A BF1 on F4. I mean, you've got an option for one bomb or not, and that is it, right? No, no, you've got the four bomblets as well. You've got the four bomblets now? What, you've got the four 50 50s, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a beginner, I'd say don't take the four 50s because you, you're, you're not right. going to hit shit, right? So um, I've already had a hitch already. I mean, honestly, player, you know... What you, would you bring if you were a good player? You'd have to approach it with a mindset of, like... Because I know the average player, I remember the average player. It's like just take the big bomb and literally suicide dive bomb and see if you can get a kill that way. Because some people wouldn't even manage that. Yeah. And then if you can manage, okay, so now you know where the bomb has to be, what radius of the tank, and then by what time do I have to pull back up? And then comes the question: Is it on impact? Do you do you set a fuse? You know which fuse yeah. do you set? And like suddenly the game gets really complicated. Yeah, and then you haven't even discussed. Which tank do I bomb? Ah. Which target do I take out that's going to help my team the most? Mm -hmm. Or which target do I take out that's going to help me get back into a tank to get into that position to help the rest of my team? Yeah. Is there another plane flying in? Uh -huh. Do I need to deal with this bomber first? You know, do I stay at altitude? Uh, well, this aircraft's coming in. Do I fly straight for it? Is that a Yak-9 that's going to fuck me in the mm -hmm. asshole if I make a single mistake? There's so much information that you cannot convey in a short period of time. It's yeah. impossible. If you spawn yeah. into a plane and we press pause and we just look at the screen, the average player wouldn't see shit. But like we yeah. see, like I know exactly, okay, that's a that's a scratch on my monitor and that over there is like a little bit of dirt from a sneeze. But those are the three dots that I, I can already tell what plane it is and what player spawned into it, <laughs> how many spawn points they have. This, Like you say, you have this massive amount of knowledge and information that you're constantly accumulating and it enables you to start sort of playing with the back of your mind essentially you don't have to think yep. about these processes so really just a question i mean sometimes it's like okay i'm not going to make a clean bomb drop i'm just going to go and, and throw it on the first thing i see because i know there's planes up in the sky but i also still want to have a chance at maybe getting some damage onto the tank but it's no longer a priority yep. it's like we need to get these planes out of the air and already you know like okay so there's three guys up Oof, i just died in the tank maybe i should get an spa right now you know like yeah and that was because to me the, the the most hilarious time of of, of my Warthorn the time was was patch one point six nine when I was because up uh, leading up to that point, I was grinding the God of War title, 
which is what 100,000 kills i think yeah and okay in an rb it's times 2 so only 50 only 50,000 kills you know just oh, only, <laughs> only and i realized that the the fastest way to do it is to just do a lot of close air support a lot of those rocket strikes and when they closed down that patch when they you know essentially ruined it for for close air support people would still want to fly planes and that's when i just started spamming out spa and what ended up happening is now i had planes in the sky that couldn't really damage me as effectively as they could before it was harder for them to spawn in and you were just dominating in spa because it was it was still cheap it was still strong and you just sort of you know flip the script and to me, it was painful seeing that happen because I realized that this entire time we had a solution. The solution for close air support was just to spawn SPA, which is there for purpose. But uh, nobody ever made an SPA tutorial. And I don't think you could. And oh. Even my SPA kill montage was like the most unwatched thing ever because clearly people weren't interested in doing it. No. And this comes to the, the, the same thing that happens... Uh, specifically low to mid tier before you get radar SPA is the people who complain about close air support um, don't bring an SPA or they're not willing to learn how to use SPA properly or counter to that bring a fighter in and learn how to fly in order to take out the mm -hmm. the problem that's there the, for an example which will suit you to a T uh, because I do watch your streams when you play chess people try and play war thunder with just pawns on mm -hmm. their chessboard mm -hmm. and it, you can't play war thunder like that it just doesn't work like you if you if you're to play war thunder properly you need an armor breaker of some sort so like uh you know nas horn something with heat uh, that it's not a good all-rounder but if you get up tiered it means that you've got something that can take out the harder more difficult tanks to take out um, that has to be your first spawn there's no two ways about it or you have a light tank that has good flanking mm. capability those two kind of go hand in hand you know you can pick one or the other something that can scoot around the map and get good side shots you can get some scouting done so you can spawn a plane to deal with the heavier stuff that your lineup can deal with and then you need a good all-rounder which is you know usually your medium tanks of pantry sherman etc and then you've got your mop-up tank which will be some sort of heavy for later on in the game when cast isn't a problem anymore spawn points are running low and of course the heavier armored vehicles have already been spawned out so you've got a mop-up tank then you got your most important pieces in your arsenal your anti-cast slash you know one bomb fighter aircraft mm -hmm. like your 109 f4 that has to be in your lineup there's no way you can live without yeah. it now that deals with um your attackers it deals with your bombers it also deals with other fighters that are on equal pegging to you you have one bomb maybe two in the 109's case you have four 50 kilogram bomblets which if you're good enough are very very good and then you've got your attacker for the heavy hard hitting stuff uh, full up tiers where hey you've got a yag tiger that you have nothing in your lineup can take it frontally that's what bombs are for hmm. right your tiger twos uh, and then again your spa your next most important thing the stop your team getting fucked from the skymobile um whirlwind quellian uh, m19 unfortunately or m42 if you're an allied side you've got pragas now the spa for most nations is good enough now where if you're good at playing it you've got the patience to play it you need an spa in your lineup and that's just the long and short of it but most people they'll bring out 
panther a panther g panther f panther d a tiger uh, and that's it and then they'll complain that they're getting cast yeah like what are you doing <laughs> the, the way you, you the brought way... the wrong pieces in the way you mentioned chess, it just makes me feel like it's not just that they want to play with pawns, is they want to play the rook, you know. Third yeah, they want to play the rook, they want to play the bishop, yeah, yeah. like... And they get the rook out, but they forget about some other piece, you know. The bishop is slicing the board, and the queen's, you know, yes. eyeing everything, and they fall for these traps the same way they would in a chessboard, you know, except that Warthner is one hell of a more complicated chessboard. It's 5D chess! Like, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah there's so much more you need to think about yeah. um but yeah that that's just how your lineup should be built right yeah that, but i mean it, refusal it, it's, it's refusing doing. to have certain pieces you know i'm not gonna have the bishops and i'm gonna replace one of my knights for you know another pawn because i like pawns and then they're like oh but i keep getting destroyed because you're not playing the pieces that that you do have the option to play with yeah you know, yeah i want to spawn not in my king spawning. tiger five times like you can yeah but it's a problem if you yeah if you bring it out in the wrong situation the, every vehicle has a situation that it excels in mm -hmm. uh, some vehicles don't have an area that they'll excel in ever and that's the most frustrating thing about you know most vehicles in War Thunder don't get brought out I don't know if you've ever been in a game recently where it's just meta lineups um, as long as everyone has the meta lineup it's an insane game. It I mean, I haven't amazing. played in months, and even when I yeah. did log in, I would play like maybe a match of of five point seven tanks, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really wouldn't know, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Well, well, these events come around right from time to time. Well, there's one shortly, I think, and it just brings up all the meta lineups. And as long as you're playing a meta lineup too, it's okay. But if you're trying to be like oh hey i'm going to bring this fun goofy tank out and all of a sudden there's four kv220s on the enemy team they've all got tismas right right they've all got the the premium uh tus and shit it's like right this is not fun so the only way you can have fun is to bring a meta lineup yourself and unfortunately people get caught in that trap but that's not the player's fault that's gaijin's fault they brought all these event vehicles out that are inaccessible mm -hmm. And when these events come out and people want to get the new shiny stuff, they bring out the best lineup that they could possibly bring. And everyone else in between gets fucked. <laughs> and it's it's a product that Gaijin has brought around. And the only way that you can get around it is to spend money. Yeah, you have to join them. Yeah. It's another way. Yep. I mean, you know, yep. my, my biggest pain was, and, and the bet people, because those of us who started at the very beginning of the game, you know, I can close my eyes right now and I can just envision the five nations, just aircraft, because that was all that was in there. Um, you know, actual tiers from one to 20. And the highest thing you could get premium-wise was maybe like rank 11 or 13, maybe. You know, and it forced yeah. you to actually get really good. So if you saw somebody in a Sabre, that person has been grinding for a while. You know, they, they're probably quite good at the game. And nowadays you can buy yourself into whatever tier you know Walkman has now seven or eight yeah you know um which takes away that that feeling of is it deserved and is this player capable enough of actually using the vehicle which because this is why part of me actually never had a problem with repair costs because i kept thinking it should be expensive because it should be punishing for the players who are playing the game incorrectly but it's hard to play the game correctly because i don't think Aijin knows how to play it correctly 
No, they don't, and they don't have a. Dude, if you buy, still, you what? You've got MiG twenty seven, right? You've got A ten, the F five. The, there's quite a few now, like you know, top tier jets that you can buy, mm -hmm. um, with real money. But the the issue is, you buy that jet straight away because that's what this happens quite commonly. Some people don't care about World War II stuff, right? And they want a fancy jet. They just care about jets. And if they want to buy into it, that's fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, but the issue is the tutorial for War Thunder is in a fucking biplane. There's no tutorial for the jets that they sell. Yes. And to make matters worse, the binds aren't set for radar missiles. <clears throat> So you buy a brand new jet and you can't fire the missiles that you get unless you go bind them yourself. There's no tutorial to do it. Like key bindings are one of the biggest things that you know so many players I know didn't get their key bindings correct and it, it makes playing impossible. But yeah. it's like you said, it's not just the tutorials. It's if you open up the homepage, all the things that are in those tabs on the top left, um, they haven't changed since day one the no. the invite link to invite a friend to play War Thunder to get you, I don't know, 200 Golden Eagles or whatever, it hasn't changed. It's the same as it was day one. The historical battles that used to get included in the, the most expensive pack they sold, they're still the same. It's the same exact single-player mission with the same AI, zero. Yeah. You know, and It makes you wonder, why is that menu there unchanged? Why so much is being added, so much development time is being spent, but the core basics... And yet, the stuff that, for me, made me enjoy the game, uh, namely just sitting in the hangar, listening to the hangar music, that's no longer there because they've removed the soundtrack that used to be there. Yeah, you know, yes, the, no, the decals that we, we could put on our wings. and that I don't even dare to think how many hours I spent to get the orange wing on all the planes, and now it's all gone. They're all ruined. This, that sort of pain is indescribable to somebody who just started playing yesterday, but... As as I'm listening to you, as I'm thinking about it now, yeah, somebody who starts playing today, no key bindings, no tutorial, no guide, interface that's all over the place. I mean, yeah. if, how does that person even think about staying? Yeah, exactly. That And and it comes back to my friend Coldino, who I introduced. He just got frustrated and bored really quick hmm. because they're like, hey, I've spent more time in the UI setting up my keys, you know, than I, than I have actually playing and enjoying myself. Uh, it's, it's like okay yeah fair enough yeah i i get it and and the thing is that war thunder now has become self-policing as well and this really pisses me off uh mostly reddit someone will come with a problem and the reddit cops come in and go ah you know idiot like uh you should have known this you should have done this to you know such and such as tutorial teaches you how to do this and it's like why can't you go back and say hey yeah gaijin fucked this up because it's their fault it's their game they, they didn't have a tutorial for it you you now have like you know hundreds of hours under your belt you can't go to this person that's got you know two or three and say oh you're the stupid one because you didn't find the bind that was very poorly translated mm. uh, under the wrong category <laughs> for them to be able to fire the radar missile like come come the fuck on guys like uh, you can't complain about the game on on one side and then blame the new player base for their shortcomings mm. because it was, you know, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Reddit is, 
Waltham the suburb is such a such a particular place, and I I I hated it because I'm I I got I had this feeling that the whole of Reddit was like that, that everything that was on this website was like that, and in some ways it is, but it's you know how many times I was streaming and some kid who just started playing yesterday must have really you know gotten the courage to type in front of all these people and ask what was essentially a stupid question just to have a chance at somebody who is experienced to give him the answer and those are the players that you really should be helping you know like those are the yeah. players that we have to find a way well not anymore not not for me obviously i don't care but like yeah it would have been been beneficial and so because this again takes me back to that time of close air support where it's it's this really weird spot to be in like you as a player you've got thousands of hours you see this you know like we said all those calculations are going on and you're like to me this is balanced and you talk to the other really experienced players and like they're like yeah well you know maybe a little bit unbalanced but i mean this pretty much works and then you have another side which is just going crazy and making it seem not like a small problem or a big problem but a massive game-breaking we have to fix this immediately problem and it's hell i'm starting to see similar things happen in you know in real life in politics you have this exact same effect we have you know just these two polarizing opinions and then you're you're just sort of sitting in the middle just thinking what the hell is wrong with both of you you know like there has to be some middle ground but we know how gaijin fixes things there are a company that does these double fixes where a nerf will be met with a buff which just creates disbalance again, and they just take it but off. And how it is, they create a, they create an arms race, a virtual arms race, that forces people to spend money to stay current, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the player base developing skills in order to deal with the things that you know, like, you know, play the game. Yeah. This this how it should be played. It should be. But remember, when I first started playing War Thunder. The best tank, I think, was the M1 Abrams and the Leopard 2A4. But you still had to Wait, learn that's when you started aim. playing the game? That's when I started playing, Shit, yeah. that was me basically one big foot out of the fucking window at that point. Yeah, yeah, basically I think you kind of, like, you know, slowed down your content. No, I think like, had I was, I had actually, like, in my head, I think I quit by the time you had the KPZs. Yeah. So when the when the for me that it was the leopard one or the leopard one eight two those two leopards when those things were top tier. Um, so like T sixty four was in the game. That was I was still kind of like I can kind of live with this. This is still manageable. But then as soon as like the the radar guided things got those little essentially they gave us the arcade markers. So the yeah. marker you have for planes and arcade was now in in ground battles for SPA, and when I saw that, I was like, "This is I'm out of here. I cannot. I can no longer play this." Yeah, the lead the lead indicator. Yeah. So uh, when then like you know I was like, "Oh hey, like the, these are really easy to aim, right? Like the Abrams, like mm-hmm. APFS DS and stuff." I was like, "Oh, like wow, this, this is really fast paced, and um, you know, it, it kind of sucks. It's a little bit boring to play, but." Like it, everything was still relatively like you know in balance, um, compared to what it is now. And when they added laser rangefinder, like adjusting the aim for you, mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like now I don't need to think about, you know, the arc of the round 
Mm. Right? All I need to think about is lead. And the the rounds were that good at the time. You didn't even need to think about aiming for a weak spot. And then it it, it just took the skill away. But but what it did in reality, and I don't think people realize this is for players like me and the thousands of players who are better than me, it didn't just give new players the ability to shoot you. What it did was it gave the best players in the game a button to press to take the guesswork away. So not only did they have the map knowledge, the knowledge of weak spots, they didn't have the random chance where they would miss anymore mm -hmm. because they had the range thing set up for them, which is ridiculous. Like, I, I still think laser rangefinder should not be in the game. Like it, it should tell you the range. So you have to, you know, guess the arc of the shot yourself, but the guesswork's mostly taken out. It shouldn't just aim the gun for you. It's silly. Like it is really dumb. Why is that a thing? Yeah. I mean, for me, <laughs> I didn't even back when the regular range finder was added didn't even use yeah. that you know i was always one of those people that just just aim the gun up and pray to the gods and yeah it'll work do you know what happens and you see this a lot in my videos right i play top tier someone will drive around my side like point blank and still hit their laser range find button and by the time i don't know if it's in their head where they're like oh yeah i need to wait until this happens before i shoot my mm. shot the time has taken them, I've turned my barrel around and shot and killed them. <laughs> like, and I'm like, why did you laser range find me at less than 100 meters? Like, why did you laser range find me at all? Like, within a thousand meters? What's the point? It's probably like, a force of habit, you know? Yeah. Like, and it shows you how dumbed down people have become. Sad, dude. Yeah. Where's this, where's this, where's this skill at? Oh, I don't <laughs> know. Maybe this is part of, you know, us older gamer generations because we grew up with video games that had well there was nothing to save at like if you die you just go all the way back to the beginning of the level and again yeah that's there right, was yeah. this there was a lot of punishment in those video games but also i think that the accomplishment of finishing it you know like it hell it made you go to bed feeling fulfilled or angry and then you were prepared to do it the next day but with war thunder it's just like it's just it one, more game, one more game one more game one more game one more game it's two in the morning and you you no closer to grinding out your next thing that you wanted and yeah the the dopamine hunt in war thunder is gone for me you know like the the target destroyed thing that pops up mm -hmm. like the the dopamine comes to me for like having a good fight and a story to tell to upload it onto youtube because it's not the game isn't like fun anymore <laughs> it's, it's like uh everything's done for you like you, you, you've got Mavericks now, right? Like uh, you press a button to lock the tank. You press another one to fire your missile. It's over. Like the person's already dead. Mm. Let's say find a bridge to hide under, you know, or break the lock with the missile, but they don't know what's happening. Um, same with helicopters. There's a reason I don't play them. They're just boring to play. Like uh, you're playing like a, what did you call those? Uh, what did you call those games again? Like the sort of like whack-a-mole type scenario. Mm -hmm. Like those turret defense games, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> That's what you're playing. But those are other people you're shooting at. And it's shit for them because they don't know what's happening. Unless they're in an anti-air that's equally as powerful as the helicopter or worse. 
I mean, I like think it, it's ironic because the oh. thing that people were complaining about what that I was doing, like with rockets, which I understand, sure. Like if I sniped somebody from two kilometers away in a saber going sidewind and just, you know, lodging one missile. Yeah, probably annoying because that person just died and they really didn't know what was going on. But yeah, now you do the same thing, but the skill isn't required from my end. You just press a button no, and boom, you know. Yeah, the little X shows up, like, where you should aim. Dude, if someone killed me with an RP3, like, four years ago from two kilometers away, I'd be like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, your reaction is either this person is hacking or they're the... just really good. And then you'd open yeah. up the... I don't think people do this anymore. But, you know, I hate back in my day, I remember, especially in air battles, is the first thing you would do is you would press, I think it's N or M on the keyboard to see the the people you're yeah. playing against. And yeah, your heart would sink, you know, when you're on Korea and you're in a MIG and you can just see like four dudes from the same squadron that you all know. Are yeah, insane. you see Deafen or like, you see Thompson and it's like, oh, Christ. <laughs> and they would, you would have you know, these dudes that would be rushing from the airfield where there was this one particular way to take off in a MIG where you'd basically, you'd, you know, just go through the valley. And it was also fun to play, you know, because as a MIG person, what you're doing is you're going into that that state of let me attack them from below let me do something that they don't expect and they'll just pick yeah, you and team. Them, yeah. Yeah. and if you were on the opposite team it would actually be your duty to go into chat and say okay look we've got these guys they're going to be rushing they'll be coming from below you just keep your eyes peeled but you always have those dudes in the back just like oh, la, 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 i'm watching youtube and boom he's dead and it's like oh my yeah. god what happened you know gaijin <laughs> it's like nope this one was on you <laughs> yeah no, you can get outskilled. I don't get annoyed at getting outskilled. I get mm. annoyed at being killed by game mechanics. Yes. Like, hey, I didn't, like, the engine sound that the enemy didn't play. So, oh, why are you mad at that guy? He just sort of shot you in the side. It was like, I should have been able to hear him. Like, you know, I, I can't be watching all sides of me at all times. It just is not possible, which is where sound cues come from, right? So that, that pisses me off. I get killed by a helicopter um, when my no matter what SPA I have selected, like the, I don't have the range to hit them back. Mm. That's annoying. That sucks. Like it's bad. Then you take a plane out to shoot the helicopter down, but it's got all aspect, like eight kilometer range missiles that are unflatable and, you know, can pull 50 Gs. What's the point? Like, why is the helicopter there? It has everything. Yeah. What do I do? Like, I had the same issue. There's like, no with, way to outskill it. You S can't outskill that. Yeah, yeah. Or like I don't know, AI SBA on on air battles nowadays. Because I know I played one jet yeah. match a few months back, and I was like, so essentially, if they're within their airfield, you can't touch them. They're invincible. And it's ironic because this isn't the first time that happened. You know, there were like at least two other instances where they had buffed SBA in the airfields to prevent base camping, but it just creates a different type of base camping. And it was. Yeah, how I feel about SBA and. ARB is it shouldn't fucking be there. Yeah. Like if you run out of ammo or fuel, right, there shouldn't be a free pass to land and take back off again. I mean like the SBA there used to be something that players were grinding with. You know, like a, a really good team would because usually the last person left in their team is is landing. So now what, yeah. you're going to now wait for him to land and rearm and get back into the air and, and wait to get outside of the SPA range before you go attack him? Of course not. You're just going to go, you know, no. every, the whole team's going to just... And what would happen is that everybody's rushing for the target 
And last minute you realize, because there's still, even after you've destroyed him, there's a little bit of ticket bleed, and that time can be spent, let me get one, two, three, four SPA kills in a row of the AAA. That's a little yeah. bit of extra civilized, a little bit of extra RP that was going to a research. And if you did that consistently, that was that was a fun thing to do. Hell, if somebody was really bad, you know, they're flying a... Back in the day, like, FADC Shooting Star, which, I don't know, 8.0 now, from the top of my head, would fight in the same battle. More, yeah. Yeah, it would fight in the same battle as a MiG-15 BIS. And so what that guy would do if he was stock is he would just go about and kill some ground targets. Because, you know, 10, 12 boring ground kills of AAAs and, and, and trucks is still better than just getting blasted to smithereens by some pro player in a MiG. And yeah. now that's not possible anymore. You know. Nope. You'll get radar missiles from fucking Kingdom Come, dude. Yeah. You just get Narnia'd. Like <laughs> it's insane. Like it's not it's not really that fun for me to play. I know I know like some people still like top tier jets, right? And that's cool. Like I uh, the reason I don't play jets is because mm. I don't get excited by pressing two buttons and watching the game do the kill for me. It's it's boring. This is not it's not how I like I, I much prefer a prop fight. Where hey, it's like almost even terms. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But there's nothing listen, the best thing in War Thunder that can ever happen, right? You spawn in, you open up your scoreboard, and you see someone you recognize as a good player. You get your couple of kills, right? You've capped. Somebody takes you out. And then you get in a plane, you hit tab, and you notice the guy has died once, and there's a black dot in the mm. sky. And you're like, right, whoever wins this fight in the air wins this match. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> and you get there, you're you're in your like you're in your yak or whatever, and he's in his 109, and then you both realize at the exact same time, yeah, it's him, and you start <laughs> spamming your space bar to get rid of the excess weight. <laughs> that's like the gloves off, yes. right? <laughs> Whoever wins this duel up here, uh, it wins the match. That's that's the coolest moment in Warfare, yeah. I think. Yeah. I once said that matches in ground battles are won by the top three players of each team. It, they they, are. It, what everybody else does really doesn't matter is the top three players are going to be holding the, the glue together. Whether it's the good players or it's you know mm. an average player is just having a really good match. Yeah, that's how it is. And it, it happens all the time. Um, for, for YouTube videos, it, the content makes itself, right? Like, it's always me and, like, you know, the top three versus an entire enemy team. Those are the best games. Yeah. Trying to hold them back. Some people get frustrated at it. I watch like a lot of people on Twitch, you know, uh, playing War Thunder, um, Akula especially, um, Cave Nub, and they'll quite often be the last person on the team crying that their team was useless. But you're watching there, they've got 15 kills, right? And you're just like, let's go, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited watching mm. you doing this. Yeah, I don't know why you're not excited. This is great. Like, it's good. It's fun to watch. Yeah. But it, it can be frustrating if all you want to do is win. That's the experience that I never got because i think the only people i was watching on twitch were people that weren't playing war thunder um and i wonder what it must have looked like i guess if you watched my stream at, at peak close air support let's say because that must have been you know tons of people spamming in chat I, I was being energetic you're constantly you know heckling them it's like a stand-up show at some point you've got yeah. all this going on on the, on the monitor you've got the music blasting you've got people donating stuff you know there's reactions all over the place it must be 
from a viewer point of view, I think it really has to be a an exciting place to be. Yeah, I love I love watching like you know upbeat like streamers playing War Thunder. There's not very many of them, right? But like they're they're fun to watch. Oh, BPA John, he's a you know he plays tournaments, Spanish guy. It's great fun to watch. Gets emotional about stuff, you know, <laughs> like angry and excited about things. You know, laughs. It's, it's really fun to watch something, and and that's how I play as well, right? It's the it's uh it's the same deal. Like, um, I'm not as good as them, uh, but I'm still enjoying my time, right? You know, I I can commentate about it at the same time, make a story from it. It's not about being good at the game. It's about you know showcasing what can happen if you learn how to play. Mm -hmm. really yeah yeah, yeah. It, to me that was it was an issue back when i was recording content because you know you're trying to catch that perfect game and not not necessarily the game that showcases you as an amazing player but a game that showcases like you say a situation which you can use for an amazing story yeah and not all matches fit it like not all matches go with okay this is what i wanted to tell today yeah, like, um, for example, people say, oh, you only show your best games. I'm like, I don't. I actually have to show the, like, not the best games. Because my best games, I'll steamroll an enemy team, 16 kills, didn't die once. Uh, but half the enemies I shot were in their spawn. Because there was nowhere else for me to go. Mm. Right? And, and sure, I'll get one-tapped sometimes. Right? But generally, I've got the map knowledge and the understanding to go. Yeah, I shouldn't go there. I'll die quickly. Yeah. Right? Um, so the the bad games are way less common than all the good ones, and and you can't hide it, right? People can check your stats. That's how. But the they, I don't <laughs> think they realize. I mean, like, there's also the issue with Wolf and there's player names because you have different capitalizations. You know, will still go through. So, for me, yeah. you know, the in the Orange Doom is not capitalized, but you're going to have a bunch of other accounts that are similar but not actually you, and then you have those stories and this is a classic case for your content creator at any given point in time you know somebody kills you and then they go up on, on reddit or whatever or they say yeah met him once he did this and this embarrassed himself and then just left and it, yeah and it begs the question was it actually the player you know was i that yeah but that that does happen to me and it is me right mm -hmm. because what i'll do is i'll get a map if it's a map i don't enjoy if i'm making a worth on the video i'll have one or two it. vehicles in my lineup yeah, but I won't leave it because I'll get crew logged, right? I'll drive somewhere. Okay. And I'll face my tank on its side and I'll let somebody kill me. And then I'll leave so I don't get crew logged. Because, and I know people will get frustrated, right? I don't get annoyed at one death leavers anymore. I used to because, you know, the way I thought it was, people were just trying to grind and they didn't care how anyone else played, mm. right? But there's another person on that, the other side of the keyboard that might just want to be, hey, I want to play my Stim Tiger today. Oh, I died in it. I'm going to the next match, right? People play the way they want to play, and you need to just understand that's how this game is. It's a sandbox-type environment, competitive environment. If they want to leave, let them fucking leave, dude. Like, it's a, it's not a big deal. So for me to just drive out, deliberately turn my tank on its side, and get killed on purpose, I don't want to play, like, you know, a... What's it? Sversk map? Dude, I fucking hate it. Like, <laughs> there's so many maps I don't enjoy, right? So I will just drive out and I'll die on purpose because my life's too short, yeah. right? To be sitting playing Sversk 19 four times in a row. I don't want to do it. 
and that's the quickest way for me to leave and play the same tank that I wanted to play. So people can get upset about that, right? But like I said, life's too short. I, it's, I don't want to not have fun. I, I play games to enjoy myself, right? <laughs> I don't play games to uh, make everyone else enjoy it that's in the lobby um, because I put up a little bit of a fight, you know, back again. It is... And until guy, that's it. again, it's Gaijin's problem. They don't have a map voting system. They don't have a somewhere you can ban more than one map. Oh, Red Desert is the map that I've banned, by the way, because it's massive. Uh, and the time it takes for me to drive somewhere for someone to shoot me is eight minutes. Jesus. Wait, that's it's stupid. I'm trying to think which maps were really huge. Like from the top of my head, I know Kursk was the first big map they added. And then you had. Kursk is small now, really. Kursk is small. Yeah, because you can drive into line of sight of the enemy spawn fairly quickly. Okay. So it's like, I think it's like 2.6 kilometers spawn to spawn. Damn. But Red Red Desert is almost 4 kilometers spawn to spawn. And the spawn is just open area. And then you've got these giant rock formations in the middle. And they're huge, right? They're like 500 meters wide. Like big, like, you know, raised uh, things between the spawns. So, by the time it takes you to navigate through all that to get someone to kill you, from the point of me recording, which is hitting to battle, to returning back to the menu again, is almost crew locked periods of time, Jeez. you know, for a Sherman to drive that length. So, that's why that's on the ban list. Because any other map is fairly short to get knocked out to reset again. You know, even just sitting here, I can immediately think of a, of a solution for those big maps, and that's just you increase the multiplier of how much you gain. So for players to be in a match for longer, wow! You, just, you wow, dude, you, you know, just, you opened up your brain and came like... up with a, a, a competent <laughs> thought of, holy moly, it could be fixed overnight. But no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Let's just make them play Red Desert three times in a row, <laughs> and if you leave, you'll have to wait eight minutes before you can join back in the game with that particular vehicle that you wanted to play. And make Fuck two of you. those times a night match just to add insult to injury. <laughs> Oh. My mind is blown. Oh. Wow, if you play a bigger map, you get more XP in the Silver Lions? Nah, that is crazy, man. It's crazy. Literally just, See, just, literally just was... thought of that. Like, such a simple solution. It just it would work. Yeah, it's off the top of your head, it would work, yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, it wouldn't work for me because, you know, I, I grind so much anyway, mm. right? Here's another thing. People think uh, Gaijin give me stuff, which they do, right? But if you look at my stat card you'll see that i actually grind the vehicles mm. right that there's a reason i have like what let's just check how many arrows on steam alone right this is gonna make me sick looking at this probably we'll see we'll see how close to my hours you are so on steam alone and now for the past year i've been using the launcher mm -hmm. 13,452 hours. 13,000? 13, yes. Fuck me. So it must be close to 18k, I would think. How did you get to 18k? In Because I, I played every day, you know, you on started, stream. You started playing later than me. I mean, the thing is, I only played on the launcher, so I don't actually... I only have the in-battle times, which means I don't have the times that were spent oh, yeah, in the lobby. Oh, yeah, you got that, don't you? Yeah. How do you find that in your player profile? This would be interesting to know. Yeah, I think you have just a player profile and then you've got how many hours were spent. I wouldn't be days. surprised if I'm overtaking you now or not. It's possible. 
the only thing I know nobody will ever overtake me in again is spading everything. Because if anybody manages that, I'll I'll personally give them a blowjob. Seriously, that's impossible. What's that? <laughs> what did you do? To spade everything. Every vehicle in the game unlocked and fully upgraded. Yeah, so I do that, but I'm way behind you with that probably. Well, I'm not sure. You can actually check that statistic too, right? I mean, it would show... Like below your profile picture, you'd have basically the vehicles you have unlocked as number, and then there'll be a, a logo of spade. How many of those have been? Yeah. Uh, but if you think about it now, all the boats, all the helicopters, all the stuff that's being added. Yeah, and I don't enjoy naval. Naval yeah. looks like it's getting better, but I just don't enjoy it. So let's see. Uh, air vehicles. Does it say like, oh yeah, time played in fighter? It's, I think it's in days. It, it's in oh it's in months it's in months yeah Whew. time played in air battles 1.7 months time played in a fighter 1.3 months jeez <laughs> so yeah <laughs> uh overall play time as in time in realistic battles uh 5.3 months damn crazy what a waste of my life. Essentially of half a year of non-stop playing. Half a year of non-stop playing. Yeah. That, actually, that makes me wonder now, because I'm sure Gaijin has stats for, you know, the people who are who are the highest in those numbers. Hey, Oxy and Copsy, and they've hired them. Damn. It's yeah. going to be like crazy numbers. They must be like 40,000. 40, well over a year. Like... Well over a year in battles, yeah. Damn. So yeah, there you go. Uh, how many people, how many kills? Did it tell you that? Oh yeah. Air targets destroyed, 21,000. Ground targets destroyed, uh, getting close to a big number here, uh, 94,377 <sighs> ground targets destroyed. But that's without? Almost. That's with the multiplier or without? Without. Okay. So that's... That's close to a hundred k. Just in ground kills. kills. Just in ground kills. Yeah. Damn. I'm over a hundred k combined. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I was going to ask you this. Um, in regards to other video games, is there some other game that you play, uh, perhaps some single player stuff that's like your, your escape? And do you have a favorite game of all time? Oh, this is a this is a really difficult one. My favorite franchise of all time. Let's let's touch on that first. Mm -hmm. uh, Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah, I've got some memorabilia and stuff here from Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah, those 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 kind of got me into, hooked me in the sort of gaming world. If you get me that sort mm -hmm. of genre. Um, games that I play, to, like just enjoy myself. Many of them. Um, I do play quite a lot of games. I've been playing Seven Days to Die recently with some uh, streamer friends, um, which is quite janky and shit, but any game playing with your friends, even War Thunder, is fun. <laughs> um, my dark secret is um, Warhammer Dark Tide, mm -hmm. which is basically like Left 4 Dead, which brings me to uh, favorite games of all time. Yeah, Left 4 Dead 2 is one of them. Um, I would say Phantom Pain and all of Metal Gear Solid people are going to be upset 
that I picked that out of all my favourites, but I like the free roam thing. Phantom Pain's up there too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rainbow Six um, originals before it turned to Siege, whatever sort of anime cartoon version of Rainbow Six that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I would say War Thunder's definitely there, right? Um, but I would take it off the list in recent uh, times. God, Counter Strike, obviously. But Counter Strike feels more of a job than even Wathander does. <laughs> so um, yeah, hard to say like a favorite when you've played it at some sort of competitive level, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, there's so many, dude. It's, uh, <laughs> there, I've got so so many. Like a lot of these won't even be in my, you know, my Steam yeah. list. They're that old. I mean, you also yeah. gonna have games that you probably would have to get some you know emulator or a old pc yeah. to even get them to run yeah absolutely but yeah, i'm just trying to think of like current ones in terms of single players um titanfall 2 single players goated as well as portal and portal 2 mm-hmm. uh, i don't think we'll ever see games of that caliber anymore like ever good. again um just the humor and the creativity and everything that was put on uh it's just it's just it's done yeah, <laughs> i think we can it. forget about yeah. it now yeah um dead space one mm-hmm. i never liked the horror game because i thought they were all boring i was talking about this yesterday actually dead space broke the mold with the like minimal cutscene. Um, very visceral the the ui was built into your character suit you know third person mm-hmm. um was very well done super well done did you play alien by any chance the alien isolation yes so i haven't because i've wanted to play it on vr mm. because i i don't get scared at games I, I get jump scares and stuff right everyone does but i don't get the tension because i'm so self-aware of me sitting in a chair in a house you know on a monitor but i think vr might if i if i put a vr headset on because i've not really played that much of it other than like beat saber and stuff Mm -hmm. to keep fit i think if i put myself in a horror situation in a vr um it'll it'll hit a lot harder you know so i saw good things about it because for me alien was the scary bit was actually the frustration of you know having to crawl through half of some you know space somewhere and through all the doors and find the key cards and stuff and then when you're almost to the checkpoint you know the fucker comes around a corner through a vent somewhere and just scares the living shit out of you plus obviously resets you back to the beginning yeah i think i think that's what i miss though you know which i think you know if i play in vr mm-hmm. i'll get like a double hit it's like you know taking a new drug for the first time mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that sort of, <laughs> you know and by the way, this vape here is non-nicotine and I'm coming off of it, which I'm having a hard time. Hence the four weeks of no war thunder mainly. So you've been um, uh, smoking? Not doing drugs, kids. Uh, vape. So I quit sugar. Mm-hmm. And to compensate for the um, habit of having something sweet in my mouth, I decided to vape. I got addicted to nicotine. Stupid. Just don't do that shit. So now I've got a non-nicotine one. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to wean myself off. And it's a horrible addiction. Not as bad as sugar. Coming off of sugar was a nightmare. 
one of the worst experiences in my life. Sugar is really bad. We don't talk about it. It's, you know. Oh, horrendous stuff. Like, I, I, I had the, the, I've had a situation where, um, we'll, we'll never know where, where they suspected aneurysm. And then because they didn't have a consultant doctor to take a lumbar puncture for me. Actually, it was, it was coming flying back from Slovenia. That happened on the airplane coming back. The doctor doing a lumbar puncture tore the lining of my spinal column, which leaked all my spinal fluid out, um, which gives you a, that, a, a type of headache they describe as a suicide headache. I had that for four oh, weeks. Fuck. Coming off of sugar was worse than a brain aneurysm. So Jesus Christ. Don't. Yes. But I, I drank I a lot imagine. of energy drinks and uh, I would eat like a four pack of like Snickers bars a day. Four like pack. Two, two or three monsters. Yeah, I lived Damn. off of sugar. Was working 18 hours a day. Um, and I just had to, you probably know what it's like being a chef, right? Yeah. And um, being in that sort of environment. Not that I was a chef, but I, I run a warehouse. I run an airsoft, two airsoft fields and I organized uh, big events. So I was working 18 hours a day and uh, that's the only way I could keep the energy up is eating sugar, but never again. It's a falsehood. It lies to you. It's, uh, it gives you energy you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So never again. It's scary. I've cause... never slept better. I've never felt better. Mm -hmm. It's been like almost 10 years now since, you know, but yeah, even I allow myself a couple of week, a Pepsi Max cherry. That's it. No, it doesn't even have sugar in it. Do you ever get that moment? I, I mean, I'm, I'm far to say I'm off sugar, but I do. The actual like fake sugar, the processed sugar, I try to be completely off off. But yeah, um, I think just the other day I had like I poured myself a glass of Coke, you know, and it was ice cold and a slice of lemon in it, looking all swell. And I took a sip and I was just like, no, and I just poured it the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like shit. Yeah. I mean, actually tastes revolting like there are times where i need it like if i've if i've done a really long bike ride sometimes i'd come home you're completely empty and at that point you need the sugar just to get back to baseline but yeah. i observed too many people a couple of friends you know especially when they were, they were overweight and they would they would jump into the supermarket to get himself you know something to drink for the next three hours we're gonna be hanging out and it was never just water it was always like water with flavor or a coke or something or a juice or a, yeah and i you know it's like you start deriving, like you said, energy from 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 just the sugar, and it's energy that's not there. You know, it's, it's just it's just borrowed energy, but it's coming out of your health. Yeah, it's really bad for you. Yeah. And I, I I got better at games without it too. My concentration levels mm. so much higher. But yeah, I just drink uh, I just drink water now. No people are gonna shout at me for bottled water, but um, the the water in my house is currently not drinkable. So <laughs> this is where we're at. Is it due to weather complications or? No, it's a, uh, the chlorine content is so high. Ah, gives Jesus. me acid reflux. Jesus. It's like brown. Oh my Actually, God. Actually, the water has a consistency and it is obviously not, it's not very good for you. You shouldn't be eating that. Damn. I'm drinking that. It's bad. I mean, I've heard obviously also, you know, horror stories of, of tap water being not the best but it's because like there's a I've, I've got a book that i want to read which is called estrogenation so essentially like you'll have women who are on birth control 
and oh yeah i've heard you know when they piss uh, you know all of that goes into the water now the question is how how do you filter that through it yeah yeah because when i think about the stuff that we flush like the shit that i flushed down the toilet this morning that will be in the tap water tomorrow that's the sort of (laughs) thought process i've got and it's like the tap water tastes good but it always tastes the same like what is the the system that they're putting you through what are the chemicals that is going through and is it picking up all those imperfections i I don't imagine that it's extensive enough to pick up all the shit from it it will will get to the stage where it's like almost untreatable right probably but not not in our lifetime no i want to have anything yeah yeah we, we we're supposed to have good water here but i think it's i don't think it's the i don't think it's like scottish waters mm-hmm. problem i just think it's this property line that has an issue for whatever reason oh, but it's bizarre because i was once in italy um in the dolomites on this cycling trip and i was i was the bottom of one of the st- like steepest hills like it's called the the wall of sermano because it legit it's just a wall and yeah. it's it's known for where they finish uh the race in in, in lombardia and I stopped down there and I was completely out of water. And there was, you know, one Italian dude that you can clearly tell doesn't speak English. And there was a um, there was a pit with water, you know, and it was, it was flowing. And I was like, fuck, I don't know if this is drinkable or not. You know, the sign says something. I didn't think about taking Google Lens picture and translating it. So I look at the Italian dude and I was just like trying to think, okay, what do you say? Was it uh, aqua? And I just go, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down, like some Roman Caesar. And he looks at me, he's like, aqua buono, buono, like it's, you know, water delicious, perfect, you know, okay, great. I fill up my water bottles, I get to the top of the hill, I descend down to the valley, and I'm now on the opposite side of the lake where I'm supposed to get back to to, to my Airbnb, plus I've got some oh, 500 meters of climbing to do once I get there, and my stomach is just like, dude, you're going to shit now. And the whole time... Your body's not used to it. Basically. It was so bad. And the whole time I was just thinking, because one water bottle was filled with just water and one water bottle was filled still with a leftover sugary drink. And now the, the trick was, how much of this sugary shit can I still drink that's going to allow me to actually get back because I'm completely on low in energy? And how much is too much and is going to cause me to shit everywhere and uncontrollably? And this whole spot, you know, this is this was Lago di Como, which is... It isn't like... I assume somewhere in Scotland, you know, go around the corner and there's just nothing and you can just take a shit in the bush and it's fine. Yeah. Here is just yeah, houses been. everywhere, tourism everywhere. You know, like there's not there's not a single bush in sight where you could hide. So I just made it back to the Airbnb. I crashed into the, the bathroom. The, the, the girl I was with was, was taking a shower and I was like, this is an emergency. Just evaporate the toilet. <laughs> and I was about like never again to drink from some random random source because uh, you never like know spring. Like, yeah no uh, your, your body's just not gonna be used to it is the thing yeah yeah you have to you have to wean yourself on certain minerals and stuff mm-hmm. so when you when you do when you do like it's different bottle waters like the margins between bottled water are so close to each other it doesn't matter yeah. but like from a natural spring or whatever could be absolutely jam-packed full of magnesium you take a swig of that and your body's <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> Yes. it's this yeah evacuate yeah yeah but the more you drink it the more you're used to it, right mm. I, I think most people who have gone abroad and drank the tap water have had some variation of the shits yes right and you can't blame the water most of the time because it's just your body's response to 
whatever mineral content is in there. And, and it's not all minerals your body will process. It's just natural stuff that's in there yeah. that your body's just not used to, yeah. And it's it's good that you have the shits because your body's like, this is foreign. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Your your comes back to the scrotum thing, right? Oh, I was about Trying to say. To <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to the scrotum in the end. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was gonna. Like, oh, oh, mad. Yeah, it, it really is mad. It's crazy. I'm gonna go to bed today thinking about how how we're all just scrotums essentially. Hey, you grow your scrotum. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you you came out of one of those. <laughs> God, we are weirdos, man. We are weird human beings, really. But uh, yeah, uh, humans are really strange. Mm. We think of like what aliens would look like, but we look bizarre. Yes. Here's another thing, right? Have you ever looked at a tree? Mm -hmm. Like really looked at a tree and thought just like, what the fuck? Like, they're so weird. Everything essentially is weird around us. Like we're just so used to it that it's, I guess it's kind of normal, but. Yeah. Like if you look at plants, you, you pull one out and you look at the roots and like, you know, I mean, essentially, if it's you so, like so alien, looking, what is an like, apple? Like, it just grows out of nothing, you know. You ever put dye in an apple? No, then looked at its structure, and it's like, yeah, it's like a, it looks like meat, really. If you like dye it red, yeah, because there's like veins going through ah. it, little bits of sinew, you know, it looks like the inside of a lung or something. <laughs> you know, what yeah, I've been doing the same at work? oranges and stuff. I've been eating a lot of carrots recently because I, I just, you know peel them put them in a, a lock and lock and carry them to work and in the office i'll just be crunching on them and then the because yeah. a carrot essentially you've got an outer layer and an inner layer and you can eat the outer layer and just leave the inner layer and it's, it looks bizarre it tastes way different it's way more watery <laughs> and it's got like these yeah. little spikes that go out of it it's just such a it's essentially it's extremely bizarre yeah i like the the, the inside bit the lighter color yes. bit. yeah i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> but all all root vegetables have something similar right yeah. even beetroot Mm. Yeah, beets. Oh, beets are delicious. Yeah. Oh, the pickled beets, beetroot. Like, uh, oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah, insane. I'm, I'm starving. <laughs> Listen, before we wrap it up, I, lo I love doing this where I allow the person I'm having a conversation with to actually ask me a question and leave it completely open. Anything you'd like to, to sort of uh, put yeah. me in. If you weren't so passionate, about cycling mm -hmm. where would your passion lie that's actually a really good and a really timely question because i think cycling was the addiction that replaced gaming for me and yeah. now i think since the start of the year i'm in this process where cycling addiction is slowly being replaced by business maybe a hustle mentality maybe this um idea of wanting to put it I wish I want to go back into content creation, you know, like with this podcast, it's the first thing to force me to actually doing something regularly. Okay. The 52 weeks yeah. were, were sort of a promise for it as well. Um, but looking back at it, you know, all the things that have happened in my life were connected to, usually there was some type of breakup that happened. And then in the fallout, I found something that was a scapegoat. And the first time that was War Thunder. And then that yeah. picked off. And then it was cycling and that picked off. And now I see this opportunity to, to, to do a switch once more, which can only benefit me if I, if I go ahead first into it. So that's what I'm doing. 
so cycling is slowly departing it's still something i'm going to do it's something i want to have as a you know as a freedom same way i'm still going to go you know play video games once in a while just to relax um, yeah but it's not the thing that i want to go and 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 spend the majority of my time with i feel like i want to you know i'm that age now 26 where by the time i'm 30 i want to have some solid foundations built out and i feel a little you're, bit you're going to have you know like there's no option to be honest yeah. like you put yeah. your scrotum on the table now and work your ass off or exactly yeah you bad. got you gotta you gotta feed your scrotum yes <laughs> <laughs> so i can feed you back yeah. yes <laughs> yeah yeah i'm excited for you yeah. i'm glad i asked that question that was, it's a good question because i've been thinking about it non-stop for for a little while because i feel I feel like everything in life happens to us in the sense that, you know, I believe the universe will provide, you know, you give and you shall receive. And I sometimes personally, and maybe others will be able to relate to this, you spend too much time worrying about certain things because you, you yeah. feel like you're going to be the one to screw it up. Where realistically speaking, it's not that it's not in your control, but it's better if you don't feel like everything is in your control because you're going to, humans, the same way we're not made to compute our chances of being here, you know, as a scrotum, that the same mathematical, you know, impossibility is for us to, to sort of figure out how everything works and how we're going to just live a perfect life yeah. and not make mistakes. And it's, it's almost better to go into it thinking I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail miserably and I'm going to get excited by it. And, and, and you know, that, that's exactly how I got you, you go in and if your mindset is, I'm going to fuck this up today. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> as long as you don't hurt yourself too much, mm. you don't die or you don't kill someone else. Yes. It's all right. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's how you learn. Mm. It's the best way to learn. And obviously, yeah. it's evaluating what also happened in the past because, you know, it's it's so bizarre, you know, how quickly we can sometimes get caught up in, in a bad day or a bad week. But you look back and you think, look, you built the YouTube channel. You built the the wharf on the player that you were. You did all these little things. Why? Like, who's to say you can't do it again in some other field? You know, what's, easily can. I've you know? I've hopped between like a dozen things, and and I've done extremely well in all of them, extremely well. Like it, and everyone else can do the same. You just have to push yourself to the level that you want it to be at. Mm. Some people don't get to that stage because they don't want to, right? And that's okay. Like it's fine, you know. I, I could I could be pumping out a worth on the video every single day, if even if I didn't feel like it. But I have the luxury of you know mm. like deciding of when I want to do it, and that's important. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And there's yeah, also the stuff that you have to cut out from your life. You know, like in your case, it was sugar. I think that's a problem for so many people out there. Everyone, yeah. I would highly recommend doing it, but being prepared. Mm stock up your cupboards absolutely jam-packed full of peanuts mm -hmm. i didn't like peanuts before they, they taste rubbish but now since i've stopped eating sugar they're extremely tasty um and blueberries that's your two things that you need mm. yeah don't 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 go at it without being prepared with snacks because you're gonna need them yeah but i mean yeah. the journey at the end of it is worth it right took you what you said four weeks no, the four weeks was pain. Ah, that was just the... But the the addiction uh, was still there for a couple of months, mm. for sure. Yeah. 
I think on the scale of things, um, coming off sugar is right below heroin. <laughs> so there, there you go. I, wasn't there some? I thought it was a clip from a podcast probably where somebody said like, when you, you know, shoot heroin, it only lights up a certain part of your brain. When you take sugar, it lights up the whole fucking brain. Yeah, it makes you itchy and stuff as well. Yeah, it's nuts. I, I've done it like. I'll, I'll eat like a wafer biscuit or something, you know, something that doesn't have a lot of like mm. dense sugar. Um, you know, if if I'm needing energy, say I'm going on a long drive somewhere, right? Um, then then it's, I guess, fine. I'm not getting addicted because I'm not eating a whole packet, right? Uh, but it's I don't, I'm well aware it's still bad for me because my body lets me know that it's bad for me a couple hours later. Um, but when you're eating it all the time, like you don't get that horrible come down you know feeling like you feel misery mm. after you eat sugar when you've been off it for a long time like it, it hits you harder for sure but you don't realize it if you keep doing it before you know it, you're just in a spiral of eating sugar yeah and, and there's things you can't eat like mcdonald's and stuff mm. Bre- like certain breads yeah, it's crazy and also you won't probably won't notice the actual circ- um the actual consequences until you're way older right yeah like your teeth and stuff like just everything your teeth your joints your your organs like your your arteries these are all things that keep you alive right Mm -hmm. your brain did i I used to get migraines like i I got migraines so bad i tried to kill myself um i stopped eating sugar where's the migraines Mm -hmm. no more I think it's crazy yeah, how many things we can now. eat with a how many things we can fix with a proper diet, you know, not just yeah, it's, it's, not just yeah, physical, yeah. but also mental issues can be like cured by just getting into a state of of proper nutrition. Because I mean, yeah. you, you're that's what you're putting in. Like the, you know, I mentioned before, I said you know what you give to the universe, the universe will give back. You know, what you give to your body, your body will give back. So if you keep feeding yeah, it exactly. shit, yeah, yeah, stop eating McDonald's, you fag cunt. <laughs> It's bad for you. It's not even good. It doesn't even taste good. It doesn't. But there's a burger place that's like probably a couple of miles down the road who get proper beef and bread that hasn't got sugar in it and good cheese and and sauce that doesn't have sugar in it and, and it costs the same as a McDonald's, doesn't it? Yes. Go there, for God's sake. Then you won't need to eat three of them to feel full. You just need the one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. And on that bombshell, yeah, dude, that was a wonderful conversation. Um, <laughs> it was. We we really rotated quite a lot of different topics, which I, I enjoy. And um, I'm for sure going to have you. Around scrum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everything in life revolves around the scrotum. That is. That's true. <laughs> Think about it. It's true. <laughs> oh. It was wonderful, man. Um, oh, good. Yeah, I'm starving now. Oh, me too. But I'm always starving, so that's also part of the... <laughs> oh, it's food so good. It is. It is. Always. I never got people that can't eat. Like... Did my friends from school and stuff, they're like chicken nuggets, um, sausage rolls, beans. I'm like... What what are you doing? Like, 
<laughs> how is that like like how is it satiating anything yeah it's so weird and it's disgusting i mean thinking about it now we do eat a lot of shit that we're like doing about now because i was you know what was fucking me up because i was thinking about I was reading Marcus Aurelius and I was thinking all these Greek sculptures of Hercules and all these guys. Like, they're the ideal male body with that tiny scrotum. But their bodies, <laughs> you know, they didn't have access to a 24-7 gym. They didn't have protein powder. They didn't have, you know, supplement workouts. Yeah. Like, And if they, they, they look like that. Hard life. Yeah. They had a hard life. That, that's what caused that, yeah. Yeah, they had to go get their water, carry it back every day, multiple times a day, right? They're out looking for their food. They had to go chop their wood down to go keep themselves warm. Over the winter, they must have been absolute tanks. Yeah. Like, just to keep heat in their body. Yeah. I don't have that now. No. And that's fine. But you still have to be bit to a degree where your body isn't struggling. You know, high cholesterol and all that shit. Yes. Um, yeah, heaven forbid we need to go out and chop our own wood down and go a uh, clean water source <laughs> every single day. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. We have a society, so you don't need to do that. Yeah. We're so spoiled in some ways. I mean, if you think about yeah, our biggest, like our biggest problems are just so unbelievably unimportant. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like, yeah. Uh, Man, imagine, imagine the sewage system just stopped mm. overnight. And that shit be... from the morning comes back oh. up. Like... Yeah. It would be over. Yeah. <laughs> Where does all that shit go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nuts. No, it's crazy. I wonder what people that, you know, lived in the, in the past that made all of this possible for us, how they would react if they heard what we're complaining about like most of our problems they'd be like bitch i barely lived from one day to the next you know like so i had a friend bertie who um served in world war ii he was a, a paratrooper who then got put on a glider and he was one of the guys that took pegasus bridge and i was with i was at one piece which is a military show in kent mm -hmm. um He's he's since passed away. Um, he was he's in his nineties, but there was I can't remember exactly what was going on, but this big fat dude, like English Cockney boy, was saying, "Oh, like you know, this pointed at Barry and says this guy fought in World War Two for, you know, um, and you're disgracing him." And he says, "No, I fought in World War Two, so." They could be free to do whatever they wanted. Mm. And I just thought, oh, wow. wow. I didn't think of it that way. Like, wow. They didn't want people to do, have to do horrible shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah, so. That's pretty hard. Quite a few of us, actually. Like, oh, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. incredible that after all that, you have such a positive outlook of the world. Yeah. You know? Such a neutral ground to, to, to stand on. 
when most yeah, of us would perceive it as sort of like if I had to go through that, I would be the most miserable, you know, hating son of a bitch. Yeah, I I remember what it was now. It was some guy who was like dressed quite femininely, and uh, they were talking about um why they didn't want to join the army or something mm-hmm. or the air force, and somebody got quite uptight about it. And then this big guy, outspoken, said, "You know, oh, like, uh, you know, this guy fought World War Two, so, you know, you should have to do something similar, you know, to feel as, to be as manly." <laughs> <laughs> and Betty was just dead against that idea, like, you know, I fought World War Two, so he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, because yeah, I think there's a perception of this, you know, manliness has to be aggressive and killing and muscular and. When I think more is just like a mindset of of a man being able to take responsibility, and you know, in, in terms of War Thunder, for me, that's always been like, or everything I do today in life, I try to always say, and "This sounds weird, but it's my fault." Like everything is my fault. Yeah, and then uh, uh, most things you can control. Ninety percent of things you can control. Yeah. Yep. Because I feel like going from that enables you to be a little bit less of a just a dick be more of a scrotum be less of a dick you know because scrotum is just there in the background silently minding his own business the dick's always like just in your face you know doing random yeah. shit <laughs> so i think we all have to be a little bit more like like a pair of a scrotum than a dick. yeah be the scrotum tuck yourself <laughs> away yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 